Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the Raise Your Vibration podcast. I am so excited to be here with you today. My name is Shelby Rose, and I am an energetic and business guide helping you align, activate, and expand your energy to create the life and business you're wildly obsessed with. I believe that every single one of us has a path that lights us up, makes us excited to get up every single day, and brings massive service and impact to the world. In this podcast, we'll tune into our soul's true desires, take ownership for every single thing in our lives, and shift our vibration to embody the queen we came here to be. You deserve this. You get to have it. Let's go create it. Okay. Hi, you guys. There's so much fun stuff going on in my world right now. I just signed up for the Spirit Junkie Masterclass. I'll be going to New York for the first time ever. I've traveled a lot of places, but not New York yet. So I'm super excited to see Gabby and my coach, Andy Love, there in New York and just be surrounded by all these incredible women and all the incredible energy. And I know these live events are something that have really transformed my life and brought me to the next level. I don't know if there's anything quite like in-person events. I think about my business coach and having my one-on-one deep dive with her in San Diego. And it literally transformed everything about my life because it transformed the energy around my business. It's not necessarily that I learned anything new although I did, or did anything differently. It was more so being in that energy and knowing I'm fully supported. So because these events have been so freaking important to me and so transformational for me, I'm hosting a retreat, you guys. And I am like giddy as a child planning this because I'm so excited to create a space for women. I A friend pointed out, pointed out to me last week that I am most happy and on top of the world when I see women coming together and collaborating in a really, really beautiful way and accepting each other exactly as they are. And I think a big part of that for me stemmed from the fact that I was bullied as a kid and I never really felt like I had a really, really close sisterhood until I created it myself, right? And it wasn't necessarily that I didn't have a lot of really close friends. It was just that I never had the space to open up and share my true desires and feel fully supported and seen and (laughs) dance in my underwear. Like literally the things that I've done at retreats and live events have opened me up to real sisterhood with real women and taking the competition out of my relationships and just being, right? And so if this is something you're interested in, we're going to have a VIP night Thursday, October 24th. And this will be more for the business entrepreneurial women who are looking to do more of a deep dive into their business. You're going to get two calls with me if you sign up for the VIP night, you guys. So you get a call before the retreat to talk about what you're looking to get out of the business planning deep dive. You're going to get a call after to solidify a business plan. Now you can 
have a business up and running and just want more clarity around your messaging, your brand, who you're serving, how you're showing up and accelerating your results. Or if you're brand new and you just want to start a business or start putting yourself out there, you can be working a full-time job and just wanting to kind of figure out how do I start a business? This is for you. Now, if you don't have a business that is what the rest of the retreat is for. It's going to be about cultivating sisterhood, cultivating deeper connection and relationships. We are going to have yoga and meditations and do workshops on things that I've worked on at retreats that have been really transformational for me. So I'm going to link this in the show notes, but if you have questions, you can also reach out to me on Instagram. That's at shelby.set.free and ask me all the questions. Let's chat about it. Um, the second thing I wanted to mention is that my one-on-one -on -one spots are closing June 30th is the last day to get your application in. This is coming up quickly guys. And I just want to say if you've been afraid or if you've been back and forth on this, now is the time you guys, anytime I've waited on something, it's only delayed my success. And so our purpose isn't going to wait, Right. I think that we think like we can start it when this happens. We can start it when this, we can start it when this. And the reality is, is that there's going to come a point in time where you've delayed it so long that you no longer even know where to start and you feel overwhelmed. And maybe that's where you at, you're at right now. Uh, I am here, you guys, to help you transform into the spiritual entrepreneur you want to be. So let me help you do that. That is also linked in the show notes. You can get all the details there. Today on the episode, we're talking about sober living. I am bringing on my dear friend, Jackie. You guys, I met her when I was cutting out that alcohol for 80 days. And I was at a point where I didn't know if I had real friends. Like I legit had no plans on the weekends. I was going through a really rough place, feeling really left out of the, the group that I had I had partied with essentially for eight years of my life. And I met Jackie and in my apartment, she also was on the spiritual path. She was also reading the personal development book. She was really into health and wellness and we just bonded. And so why I'm sharing this story is that sometimes we think that there's no one else out there that wants to be friends as adults or wants to create a sisterhood as adults. When in reality, there are so many women craving deeper connections. We may just not be opening up to it, right? And so Jackie's story is really, really incredible. She, like I was, partied a lot in college and found herself just at a low and needed to shift her life. And so today we have a really, really beautiful conversation about sobriety and what that has done in our lives. And so if this is something you've been curious about, you know, wondering if it's something you, can, you should explore or been wondering if it's something that you're feeling called to explore, this is an episode for you. Now, sometimes we need to look at our relationships with thing to, things to recognize if they are really truly serving us and bringing us to the place that we want to be. And for me, alcohol was really, really leading me away from my purpose and my passions and... I'm going to be done tangenting now because Jackie has some really incredible wisdom to share with you guys and you're going to love this episode. So here we go. 
Well, thank you so much, Jackie, for being here. It is amazing to have you here as my best friend and to chat on this topic that we both had experience with of trialing a sober life. So before we dive into all the, the juicy goodness, why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners and share a little bit about you and your story with them? Perfect. Well, thank you, Shelby. I can't believe that uh, I get the honor of being on this podcast. I mean, I've, I've always like been listening and been like, okay, my, my best friend is the coolest person in the entire world. And like, oh, maybe someday I'll get to be on it because I'll be doing something special enough to be on there. And it just feels really cool that now I have an experience that you want to share with your listeners. So thank you for having me. Of course, of course. I'm excited. So both of us have had experience with testing out this sober life. And really what I want to share that the audience is why we are, why we have played around with it, what we've gained from it and what our experiences have been. So why don't you share like what sparked this desire to take alcohol out of your life? Yeah. So it's actually been kind of a long time coming. Um, in college, I just was like an absolutely crazy party animal. Um, <laughs> I was pretty much like, my life was centered around partying. Um, and after I graduated from college, I still like, I didn't really have a desire to change that at all. Um, until one like fateful game day that I just like, um, I like locked, I locked myself out of my apartment. I like was coming down from just doing a whole bunch of stuff I shouldn't have been doing. I was drunk and I was just like sitting there outside of my apartment and I was crying and I was just like, is this really the life I want to live? You know? And that like, that was the first like beginning of saying, is this actually like what I want to do with my life? Like, do I want to keep drinking? Even though every single time I end up doing this, I like look back and I kind of regret like, man, what am I doing with my life? You know? Mm -hmm. Um, so honestly, like that was the first time that at that time in my life, I wasn't spiritual at all. Um, like really my life was, I would go to work and then I would get really excited when it was the weekend because it would be another opportunity for me to drink. Um, and I literally remember like during one of my first work happy hours, of course, surprise, um, people were asking me like, Oh, like, what are your hobbies? What do you like to do? And the only things I could think of were like working out, which like I wasn't doing because I loved it. I was doing it because I wanted to look good and drinking. And literally I said, uh, happy hours. Like I could not come up with anything else. So, I mean, just like that one day when I got sick of my own shit, I just like, I prayed. And at that point I wasn't religious. I didn't even know if I believed in a God. Um, and I just prayed like, Lord, like if you're there, like if this is something that you can help me with, like, I can't do it on my own. Like Lord help me. And I just woke up the next day and like, I just had so much peace and like, I didn't have to pay for the keys that I lost for my apartment or anything. And like, there was just so many things that came out of it. And I just like, it's unexplainable, like how different I felt like literally over the span of a night. And, um, to me, that was just like the beginning of my relationship with God, my relationship with spirituality, reading personal development books and stuff like that. And just, it spiraled from there. So when I, after that, like I didn't stop drinking, you know, it's been a couple years since then. Um, there's been a different couple different times that I've like tried to stop drinking, but it never was with the intention of it being long-term. Mm. And even this time it wasn't supposed to be long-term. It was just something that I, the last time I drank actually I had a blast and, um, I just decided like, Oh, let's try, let's see what it's like to like not drink for a couple months or whatever. And then I got to this point where 
I was so comfortable being myself around people who were drinking and I didn't feel the need to be drinking. And then I started like just asking myself, like, why are you drinking? What is the reason that you feel the pressure to be drinking? And I realized it was because A, I was unhappy with myself and I didn't, it was my outlet. It was my way where I could feel more comfortable expressing myself and B, like it was what everyone else was doing. Um, And then I realized both of those reasons were terrible reasons and things that I really didn't want to be doing with my life. So here I am today and I've been five months sober today, actually. So. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad we did this on like the anniversary. (laughs) That's incredible. Uh, So much of that resonated. I'm just thinking about my own experience. I had the same experience where someone asked me at work, like, what do you do for fun? And I was like, I don't want to tell them. I was ashamed. I was like, literally everything I do involves drinking. Like I would go on trips with my friends to visit bars in other cities. I joke like that wasn't really our intention on going on these trips, but that's what it ended up being is like, let's go party in Tampa. Let's go party in Nashville. Let's go party in wherever. And then it wasn't, it wasn't like it was, that was basically my whole entire life. And it was like, same thing. Like you have these moments of like, is this really what I want to be doing? And it's like, almost like that little voice, like that little spirit inside of you is trying to like give you these nudges, but we keep ignoring, keep ignoring, keep ignoring until we're literally crying on our knees. Like I can't fucking do this anymore. I can't live this life. So yeah, just all of that. I'm sure that resonates with other people as well, because it definitely resonates for me. I'm wondering in the, like with looking at your ego and looking at, you know, what the reason behind that was, has it been difficult taking the alcohol away? Have you had to deal with triggers or not numbing out? Or are there any experiences that you're noticing come up as you're going on this, you know, curious, sober, curious journey that have been kind of eye-opening for you? Yeah. I mean, at the very beginning, it was harder for me because I, it was a flexible thing. It was like, I'm doing this just to see what it's like. I didn't have a strong why really. It was just kind of like, let's test this out, which was good for me because I had tried quitting before with the intention of I'm going to quit and I don't do well with rules. I know you can relate to that. Like (laughs) if someone tells you don't do this, you're going to end up doing the exact opposite. (laughs) Um, So so at the beginning it was hard because my friends didn't understand it either. Um, And I didn't have a reason that I could tell people like, oh, this is why I'm not drinking. Um, So when they'd say like, oh, Jackie, come on, just like party with us, like whatever, like what? This is so unlike you. Like, why don't you like come and drink with us? Um, I would be sitting there and I'd be like, huh, why don't I go drink with them? You know, like I'd have to like question myself that and be like, all right, why am I really doing this? And that that was the hard part. Honestly, it was just like, I was so used to that. That was how I spent my weekends. That was what my friends were doing. Um, so at first that was what was really hard. Um, but now that it's been like five months, like honestly, like I'm scared to drink again. Cause I'm like, I'm really happy with where my life is right now. Like literally I am the happiest I've ever been. And like, I know a big portion of that is because I've found confidence in myself while I'm sober. Mm-hmm. Cause before it was like, I had that crutch to lean on, you know, I'd go to a social situation and I'd be like, Oh, I'm feeling anxious right now. Like, what can I do? Oh, let's just take back a couple shots. Like, Oh, I'm going to go on a date. Let's take a couple shots beforehand. So like, I feel comfortable, you know, like, and that was just, it, it's so ingrained in our culture to be drinking too. So it's like, I mean, I moved and even out here, like breweries are huge. Like pretty much every like event we go to, like there's alcohol involved, but like, I don't feel the need to participate anymore, which is awesome. It's like, 
wow, you can be at these events where everyone's drinking and having fun and have fun and not be drinking. Like revolutionary, man. I was shattering. Right? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I feel like it was a security blanket for me as well, for sure. Like I'd walk into a room and I got such bad social anxiety that for me, it was like the only thing that calmed it down. But then I would also end up like drinking to the point of blacking out every time because I was so anxious that I was like, next shot, next shot, next shot, next shot. Oh, don't feel anxious anymore. I feel good. I'm dancing. And then I didn't remember anything. It was like, there was like a window where I actually had fun, but leading up to it, I was anxious and waking up, I was anxious. And then there was like, like, what actually happened last night? Which is terrifying, but like I did it every weekend. Um, And I'm the same way too. Like I... I never had a point where I felt like I needed a drink. You know, it was never like a physical addiction or anything for me. Like it was, I could always say no to drinking when I hadn't had a drink. My only issue was like, if I had a drink or two, I would have 12. <laughs> like There was no in between. And like, it wouldn't even like necessarily be when I was anxious. It was, sometimes it would just be so much excitement. Like, oh, I'm having so much fun. I'm just going to have 17 more shots because I'm having fun doing this, you know? Like, yes. Well, anxiousness and excitement, it presents the same way, don't they? So it's interesting that they have the same effect on us. Yeah, that's so true. Uh, um, so when you, because for me, when I shifted out of, and I'll just share part of how I felt and the experience I had when I cut drinking out completely for you know, whatever a couple of months I did, I felt very alone and that I didn't have a social circle. And I know your experience might be a little different, but how have you had friends that maybe stopped inviting you? This again, my experience stopped inviting you places, didn't want you maybe necessarily there because again, it made them uncomfortable with where they were at and their experience. And I know when I was really partying hard, just as like a random tangent, but I was really uncomfortable by people who weren't drinking. I was like, but why wouldn't they be drinking? Why aren't they blacking out with me? Why aren't they having fun? Like I would like have these really thoughts and I I see that in other people when I show up and I'm like, no, I just don't drink. And so have you had friends getting to my question, long-winded, but getting to my question, have you had friends that (laughs) (laughs) um, maybe like stopped inviting you and, or don't want to hang around with you as much. And how do you deal with that? Like, how do you handle that feeling if you did experience that? So like I said, it was like a couple year long experience of me not drinking. So this past time when I stopped drinking, like people were pretty open about it. They were kind of just like, Oh, like, I mean, she's been trying to quit drinking for a while now. She's like done this a couple times. Like she's actually serious about it. Um, so I think at that point they had adopted me as this new sober Jackie and they were okay with it. But at first, like, absolutely not. Like there were definitely people who'd be like, who'd feel threatened. And I can totally relate to that because like when I was drinking, like my favorite people in the world were people who I could get to drink with me. Like literally that was who I was closest with. I was like, who would go to the bar with me most times out of the night? It's like, that was just like my mindset. So even when people weren't inviting me to things and like when I was like alone, like I used that alone time to better myself. Like at this point, like I was absolutely like fully into spirituality and religion and just, I had so many like different things that I wanted to do with my time that I was okay having FOMO and sitting out. Um, But then like also just like realizing these people weren't being this way. They weren't leaving me out because they didn't like me. It was because they felt uncomfortable and because they felt like if I was questioning my drinking habits that I would be judging them 
or that maybe they would have to start thinking about their own drinking habits. Um, and that's a scary place to be. And it, for me, it was never about like, I would never judge someone else. I don't care if you drink or not. Like I used to love drinking. Like I totally get it until the, I got to the point where I was blacking out every time. Like the thought never even crossed my mind that I'd stop drinking. I was like, Oh, maybe like nine months out of the year. If I'm pregnant, that would be the only time I wasn't drinking in my life. And like, <laughs> I've been so far into it that I get it. And I understand these people's perspectives. So I think like that with any issue in the world, like if someone is putting you down or saying anything bad about you, like just think about where they're coming from. Like what's happening in their life that's going to be making them react this way. Mm-hmm. I love that is like taking a second to think of why are they reacting this way? And I think, I love what you said about leaning into your spiritual practice and your own growth. Cause I think it can feel when you've had this social group that you're for me, at least when I was, co- I was constantly attached to people. Like I would co- go out with people Friday night, we would get brunch Saturday, we go home, do our workouts, get ready for, you know, all get together, get ready for Saturday night together, wake up Sunday. And if I was feeling really anxious, we'd go get mimosas and then we'd be drunk half of the day. And it was like, it was like a lifestyle. Like it was a full on lifestyle. And then all of a sudden I didn't have a lifestyle anymore. I was like, Oh fuck. I don't have plans. Like that was really, really uncomfortable for me to be like, I don't have plans. I have to hang out with myself. So for me doing that, I was like, I was so uncomfortable the first few months. Cause I was like, I don't feel comfortable with myself by myself. Mm-hmm. And it was in that, like going into that resistance of like, no, you don't need to go out, you know, Saturday night. Like you actually do enjoy going to bed at 10 PM on Saturday nights. Like it's okay to be in bed at Oh. Or eight, low key eight, eight PM. <laughs> Whatever your bedtime is, sister, you roll with it. But I recognize that, like when I when I went into that resistance, everything shifted, and I actually created this space for amazing humans like you to enter my life. Had I not done that and created that space and taken the time to take a step back from that, there was there wouldn't have been the space for other people to enter my life that were maybe on the same path with me. And yeah. And the other thing I wanted to say on that is that I did judge people. Like I, I, I flipped a switch and I recognized this a few weeks in that I went from like, I'm the party animal to I'm not drinking. So therefore I'm on the spiritual path and I'm woke. And I am, and I like, I had this like little story about myself and I was like, fuck, I wouldn't want to hang out with her either if I was them. You know what I mean? So it's like, I have to like give, take ownership for the fact that I also push people away because I had this energy. Yes. I'd never said that to anyone. And I, in my, I, like outwardly, I was not judging anyone, but inwardly there was still this little voice that was like, Oh, you're spiritual. You're woke. You're doing this. And like, yeah. <laughs> baby, that's the ego. <laughs> take a listen to that voice. Cause she is not very nice. <laughs> so I just like at some point, like I had the realization that I had to own like my own energy going into it and how my energy impacted the relationships I had at that time. And I'm okay with exactly how everything ended up and the people in my life, but just recognizing that that's an uncomfortable place to be when you first start out is huge. Yeah. And I think it's so cool that we both like were drawn to each other as we were going through this kind of stuff too. Like that's just a testament to Mm -hmm. how like your vibe attracts your tribe, like, you know, stuff like that. Like literally you do call in the people who are vibrating at the same frequency as you, you know? Yes, absolutely. And it's, it's ma- like, and it's magic. Like it's literally magic because I'm like, I, I tell everyone this is like, if you are struggling with your, your social circle, 
because I have a few people who've reached out to me and like, how do you find friends after I stop drinking? Are they, I like release some relationships or I just want to fill my plate with more nurturing relationships. It's like, mm-hmm. that's the intention. Cause I set the intention to call more like-minded sisters in with what around the time that we met. And then when I moved to Colorado, I was like, Oh shit, I don't have all those friends here anymore. Mm-hmm. And I literally set the intention. I walked into a whole foods. I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast before. And I walk into a whole foods. And I was like, I'm going to meet like-minded girls here that are on an entrepreneurship journey. And I literally sat down at a table and these two girls walked up to me and they're like, Oh, we like your sweater. And we had this conversation and we like, now we'll like hang out and do coffee dates and work dates. And it's just like, oh, like you can call it that in at any time. So I think too, is like being aware, I'm going on tangents, I do this, but being aware of like when the little voice shows up, <laughs> that's like, oh, there's no one else who's doing this with me so that you can actually call in the women who are doing the thing with you. Yeah. And I can absolutely attest to that too, because I moved and like a big part of me moving was because I mean, at home, it was just so easy for me to fall back into the same patterns. Mm. And I had gotten into a point where I was kind of isolated. Like, I mean, I'd still hang out with my friends and I'd go out sober when they were doing things. But a lot of the time I was just hanging by myself. Mm. Um, So when I moved, like I set the intention, like, okay, like I'm moving because I want to like find more spiritual depth, you know, like I want to get closer to God. I want to like, I want to become more me that I want to be. So I set that intention and I moved out here and, um, I like had actually like ran into some people that I knew from college um, and they were kind of the ones who drank a lot more. And um, I had the choice of like going back into that lifestyle and like choosing to drink. Cause I, I when I was moving, like I wasn't sure if I was going to stay sober. I was like, Hmm, can you really move to a new city and not drink? Um, but then like I made the decision. I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to drink. So like maybe I'll hang out with them still. And like, I just won't drink. And then I just like made the decision. I was like, honestly, like the way this is me creating my new life. Like I can choose who I want to spend time with. And like, I just made sure I was praying about like, these are the kind of people I want to come into my life. And like, literally like there is no way to say that this was not God or the universe that like choreographed this. Like I met two amazing groups of people just in like random ways within the first two weeks I moved here. So I like honestly have more of a community here than I did in Minnesota, which is insane. It's just because like I set the intention and I like went out and did things, you know, I was bold and I like, went places by myself. I would meet people who I was like, man, why not? You know? And it just worked out in my favor. Like when you trust that the things that you desire in your life are going to come for you, that's when it comes to you, you know? Uh, uh. And I feel so certain about it. Like me moving here, like there's just so many things that have been in alignment that I just Mm -hmm. like, I have so much trust now that I'm like, okay, I like my, I am protected. The universe has my back. Like God is for Mm -hmm. me. Like I, I can do scary things because they're going to work out. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad I moved. Like it was, it's been the best thing that I've ever done too. So it's just like, all right, Jackie, uh, you're on the right path. <laughs> I love all of that. I love all of that so much. I'm curious, have you noticed like a deeper connection with your intuition, spirituality, better health? Like what, have you noticed any like physical or emotional shifts since you removed alcohol from your diet? Yeah, so <laughs> as if it's like a food group. <laughs> it was, like it was. basically it was half my. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, I'm gonna not go lie. I think after you take on the weekend. <laughs> so honestly, for me, um, it was more like 
I got more in tune with my spirituality. So alcohol didn't appeal to me anymore. So I'm sure there's like a little bit of like both playing hand in hand. Um, but for me, it was like, I don't think I would have wanted to quit alcohol unless I was in tune with my spirituality. If I wasn't like talking to God and stuff, cause it's like that connection, like it literally changed my heart. Like there's no other way to describe it other than like, it made me have different desires than what I had before. Um, so yes, I have felt a lot more connected to God, but it's cause I've been a lot more intentional with my time and who I'm surrounding myself with. Um, and I think like just when I was drinking, like one of the main reasons I stopped drinking was because, um, my hangovers wouldn't be like physical. I would feel like so much mental, like just, I would not like myself, even if I did nothing wrong, there would just be something that would happen with the chemicals in my brain where I just like, I would feel off. I wouldn't love myself. Like I would just like think of everything possibly like wrong with myself and I would pick out my flaws and that's what I'd spend like the next three days doing. It was just something that I couldn't change. I couldn't control. And I was just like, is one night of like drinking alcohol, like honestly worth it? And I was just kind of like, no, it's not like, no, oh, I feel that. That's how I am now. I'm like, cause I, I think when we went to Moab, we were in the desert and there was like, it was either like warm water or cold truly. So I had like two truly's one night and I was like, I woke up the next, the whole next week. I was like, I don't know. I don't even know. Like I was getting no inspiration. Like I was like, there's no inspiration for the programs I'm working on. I feel off. I feel kind of crabby. I feel, I feel irritable. I don't feel like I know who I am and my truth anymore. And it's just so interesting. And that's the, the effect I get. Right. And so like some people might not have that where they're totally thrown off, but I'm so sensitive. Like I'm really, really a sensitive human. And yeah. so for me, it's like, it totally derails me and it isn't worth it anymore. And so I think just like knowing for you, if you, this is something you've been curious about, like, but for the listeners, it's like listening into how your body's reacting to it and what you feel like the next day, the next week, and what that voice in your head is really saying after a night of drinking, or are you disconnected from your intuition or, you know, just the little signs your body gives you of what, what's really best for you. For someone yeah. who's curious of starting to remove alcohol or trial, you know, being sober for a while, what, what recommendations would you give them? Like, where would they start? Yeah. So I would say definitely fill your time with other activities. Um, when you're not drinking and drinking was your entire life. Like when mm -hmm. I had first stopped drinking, um, I had so much more free time to do things. I would have Sundays where I wasn't crippled and hung over in bed. Like that was new to me. So the best thing I did was like find books to read, find things to immerse myself in that like gave me passion. They gave me the same kind of highs that I was getting from mm. going out and doing all these things. Um, and then you'll discover your passions that way. And that's how you start to like find yourself too. As cheesy as that sounds, like that helped me not drink because I started to like be passionate about something. Like when all I had to be passionate about was like my love of drinking, obviously I wasn't gonna be able to quit drinking. But then once I started like to fall in love with like Jesus and yoga and the subconscious mind and energy and all of these things that I'm absolutely fascinated with. Like there's so many things that I can do. Like if everyone's drinking and I don't feel like partaking in that, okay, that's fine. I'll just sit here with my book and I'll gladly like just do that instead, you know? So just fill your time. Don't spend time feeling sorry for yourself and like scrolling Instagram, watching people's stories. Like, Oh, they look like they're having so much fun. Also, another good thing is go out sober with people if you can handle it. Because then you can, like, it really opens your eyes to, like, some environments aren't fun unless you're shit-faced. 
Mm. Um, I've been lucky enough here where like, I love hanging out with people and they'll be drinking and I'm not drinking and it's a blast, you know? So it's like, find the situations that you do enjoy still being around when you're sober um, Mm -hmm. and spend time with your friends when they do those things. If you don't like staying up till two in the morning and going to the bar where everyone's shit-faced, then don't do it. Mm-hmm. I find that I still really like doing that even when I am sober, but <laughs> eat to each their own, you know, just find other ways to fill your time and other ways to fill your heart and find your passion. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. And figuring out what works for you. Like, I love that you mentioned, like you love going to the, the bar and being able to like have conversations and joke with people and dance or whatever it is. For me, I'm like, it's past 10 p.m. I want to go home and I need to go to bed. And I'm just like a crab and don't want to be there. And so figuring out like what feels really good for you, and what feels exciting. So I love that. Um, I was going to, oh, yes. I was literally just reading, listening actually to The Happiness Advantage, which is a really good book. Everyone should read it. I'll link it in the show notes. If I remember, sometimes I forget, but you can always reach it out to me on Instagram and I'll send it to you. But I it was talking about how, if you want to change a habit that's no longer serving you, you have to make it hard, like to actually do the activity for a little bit. And what I mean by this is like, um, like if you're going to go, if you want to stop watching TV, when you get home from work, this is the example he uses. It's like you, you remove the the batteries from the remote and you put them in a different room because like your brain is like, Oh, that's really hard. And then you make the things that you want to do closer to you. So like reading a book, playing guitar, those are the things that he kept right on the couch where he was so that he could shift. So it's like, what is it that you are currently trying to change for a habit? And if drinking alcohol is the habit, then how can you make it harder for you or more work or more time or seem harder to shift that habit? Cause it is a habit. Like it's a part of your life. It's ingrained in who you are. And if your habit is going out on the weekends and it's really hard for you not to drink again, like this is going to be different for everyone. But for me, it's hard not to drink cause, or it was at least when I started, I don't think I really give a shit anymore. I guess I haven't <laughs> been out to a bar since like September, but, um, if it is, if it is hard for you, then like, how can you remove yourself from that situation or make it more difficult or shift that and filling your time? That's a perfect example of like, your time is so full of other things that you don't actually have time to do the thing. So maybe it's like joining a book club, joining a running club, joining, uh, you know, a church group, like, so that you have to wake up at 7am on a Sunday or whatever it is that is going to make it really hard for you to actually do the activity that you're trying to remove so that you can shift those habits and make it make a new habit, right? So going to the bar on Saturdays, if that's something you're looking to remove, it's not just your go-to Saturday night activity anymore. And then it's easy. Yep. Anything else that you want to leave the listeners with? Any on alcohol, at least? I have a few more questions for you, but. Um, I mean, just if you were curious about it, try it. I mean, there's nothing that can go wrong with you just giving it a try. Um, you probably will be met with resistance by some people in your life, but if you have friends who are supportive, um, which is hopefully the kind of friends you have in your life, they will understand. Um, and I mean, again, just don't be so hard on yourself. Um, I think I had the most success with not drinking when I gave myself the freedom to do whatever I wanted to just say, okay, Jackie, like reflect on how you feel after you drink and decide like, do you really want this to be part of your life? You know, give yourself that freedom. Um, unless you have a serious like physical dependency, then of course, like actually go find a group that's helpful and stuff. Um, I love that. Mm-hmm. But other than that, no, that's all I got. I love it. That was perfect. 
if you need help, get it. There is no shame in needing help because sometimes we all need a little, little something, something help. So I love that. And I love everything that you've said so far. The last question I have for you is how do you raise your vibration? What was your favorite way? My favorite way. That's a hard one. Um, let's see. I, I really like reading. Um, so whether that's reading scripture or just a cool new book or listening to an audible, um, I know that I'm the happiest when I'm taking in information. So that's my way to do it. But I also have to, I need to make the habit of actually like writing down the things that I'm reading. Cause I'm a person who's like obsessed with absorbing information. So I'm like, Ooh, take in all this information. Then I finish a book and I'm like, on to the next one, you know? So I'm going to work on that and just instead like giving myself time to like actually absorb the information that I'm listening to and stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's my favorite way to raise, raise my vibe. I'd love to say meditation, but I'm not as great at it as I would like to be. I need to get into that habit, but I feel so much resistance to it, which is a good sign that I'd, <laughs> I should be implementing into my life. But funny how that works sometimes. <laughs> We've all got it. <laughs> man like that that's so much fun especially when my dog is joining me like mm. I don't care if I look lame like just let me dance yes yes <laughs> same same that was Emily I had her on a few podcasts ago that was her favorite way to raise her vibration and so fun um so if people want to hear all your juicy nuggets on Christianity and God and like merging that with yoga and spirituality and how to so I think you, you share that in a really beautiful way and you kind of blend the worlds, which is something that I've struggled with in the past, past. And I think it can be a really good message for other people to learn about because there is some confusion, resistance, judgment, and all the things around that. And you do such a beautiful job at sharing that message, which I think I'm going off on a rambling tangent, but <laughs> where can people find you and, you know, learn more about the message you're sharing? Yeah. Well, thank you for saying that because it's something that I really do feel passionate about. Um, because I mean, I know when I was first like developing a relationship with Jesus, um, I felt like a little bit of resistance to the spiritual stuff I was doing. Like, Oh, is this wrong? Like, is this against my religion? And like, Mm. at the end of the day, like the root of Christianity is love and love for every single human being on this planet. Um, that means people of different religions. That means people of different backgrounds, people who are making different choices than you. It means loving everyone. Um, so it hurts my heart to see people in the Christian world that are using the Bible as like a weapon and instead like using it as a way to discriminate against people. Um, and stuff like that. so to me, like I'm super passionate about like a, like informing people who are in the Christian church and who might have those beliefs about people that like, that's not Jesus' heart at all. Um, and then also like informing people who have been hurt by the church that there are good people in the Christian church and that I'm really sorry that they've been hurt by those people. But like, that's not the message of Christianity. It's that's like people who call themselves Christians who are doing it wrong, you know? So I just want to be an example of someone who is like full of Jesus's light and just like understands other people's perspectives, you know, like I absolutely love Christianity. Jesus is my homeboy. Um, I absolutely love him. He came to me in a meditation once. Like, <laughs> I was there for that. <laughs> but like, I mean, but I can understand why people would be hurt by that. And um, I also totally, I think that other religions, they also are centered around love. So it's something like, I'm interested in like learning about these different religions, not to change my own views necessarily, but to have a different perspective around Christianity and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I think the world would be a much better place if everyone could just unite and like realize that 
at the end of the day, like we all just want to be loved, you know, like yes. oh. loving on other people. <laughs> oh, but anyways, to answer your question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, listen, we have a whole other topic to talk about. <laughs> maybe, maybe in a couple of weeks, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> um, you can find me on Instagram at awake active aligned. That is my, my Insta handle for all the Jesus and subconscious mind and all that stuff. Perfect. I will link that in the show notes as well. And I don't know if I have any takeaways. It's just everyone wants to be loved and the base of every freaking religion is love. So if we could just yeah, all absolutely. have a little bit more love and acceptance for each other and one another and are, you know, releasing our judgments of what's right and wrong and what the world needs to live by, I think the world would be a much better place. So I'm with you there, girl. Mm. Mm. so much goodness okay thank you so much for being here it's been a blast obviously I knew it was going to be and (laughs) I'm excited to share this with the world me too thank you so much Shelb